Hello, I'm Amber Lowther and welcome to another episode of the Fashion Avenue podcast. I've always been obsessed with fashion and beauty and I started my own blog nine years ago. Between blogging and working as a journalist for the past five years, I thought I would start this podcast to bring you more fashion and beauty content and to inspire you to go and chase your dreams. Today, I'm chatting to Bronwyn Ferguson, founder and creative director of innovative print studio, Carolina York. Drawing inspiration from the Aussie lifestyle and global trends, Carolina York design and sell print designs to fashion brands and retailers in Australia and all around the world. From working with Givenchy to Zara and homegrown talent like Beckenbridge and Manning Cartel, they're definitely not new to a global stage. If you're interested to know how Bronwyn built a creative empire, how they've secured some of the world's biggest brands as clients and tips on getting a job in this side of the industry, then make sure you keep on listening to this episode of the Fashion Avenue podcast. Bronwyn, thank you so much for joining me on the Fashion Avenue podcast. Thanks, Amber. It's good to be here. So happy to chat to you and I'm very, very interested in everything that you do. So can you tell me about your career leading up to Carolina York? Um, Did you study and what were you doing prior to that? Yeah, sure. Um, it's great. I'm so excited you're excited and interested in what we do. And um, my career really started back in WA where I studied fashion and textiles. And so after three years, I headed over to London at 21 and I worked um, on King's Road at Izzy Miyake's Plate Space Store. And I went to night school at St. Martin's College of Fashion and London College of Fashion where I really started to uh, learn about textiles in the fashion industry. So that was kind of a bit of a stepping stone for me. And from there, I kind of was able to start putting um, my name down for placement at fashion houses. Wow. And I had two, yeah, two brands that I'd always really looked, looked up to. There was um, Dries Van Noten in Antwerp and John Rocher in Dublin. And I did, I got my placement at John Rocher in Dublin. And I, I'd say from there, that's really where I learned um, about the fashion industry. I got to work at his London Fashion Week show. We did a lot of backstage work. Uh, we did a lot of embellishment. So that was kind of um, a huge stepping stone for me, as well as alongside that, um, working for another print studio. So that was back in 2002. Wow. And I was going to New York to begin selling collections. Yeah. Very cool. You've been uh, all over the place. Yes, I um, I definitely have always enjoyed travel and I don't know what, sometimes I always think it's something about being in Australia. We all like to travel, don't we? We you know, do. We get, yeah, it's kind of, especially maybe something in Perth, you, I feel you get to stage and you study and then you just, you leave. <laughs> I know. It's like that, isn't it? And I think being in Australia, we're so far from everything else so we kind of want to go and see it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And, you know, Australia, with all the, the buildings and everything that overseas offers us that we, you know, we don't see, we, we learn about it and we see it in books, but yeah. it's not until you, you get over there, you, you see it all. Very true. And with everything that you were studying and the internship and all of that and working alongside someone so amazing, were you always creative growing up? Yeah. I, when I look back, I was surrounded by my mum and my nan who always sewed. So I, I definitely was around that whole making something from scratch. So, um, you know, liking the look of something and then being able to create it. And even in high school, um, I remember telling my parents I didn't want to do, you know, history or math. All I wanted to do was art. So 
I didn't do any of my university subjects and they really supported me, you know, and that was 1995 when I made that decision. And so that was, a, that was you know, a time when everyone really did take that university path. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was definitely in doing my arts during high school and that really led to where I studied fashion and textiles. Yeah. And how did you find that having a mentor helped you? What was the, I guess, the biggest takeaway from that? Having a mentor, I've always found it having someone that believes in you. And I've had a few mentors over the years. And when I when I reflect on each each mentor, whether sometimes they know you're their mentor um, and sometimes they don't, it's that belief they have in, in what you're doing and how you want your career to grow. And there's been a few over the years. And, you know, I feel through what I learned at John Rocha um, and through a mentor I had here in Sydney called Joanne Meister. And she used to be my boss at a retail shop in Double Bay. Wow. And, yeah, she, she, um, she's been great. She's really kind of was by my side through a lot of the early stages of the business, taught me how to read a profit and loss and Ooh. a balance sheet and, yeah, how to, you know, look, help staff and, yeah. Like They've that. all been good. Yeah. And so I guess going on from that, tell me about starting the company and what your vision was for it. Well, I, I was 25 when I started and it was definitely kind of started on the back of coming back to Australia, loving travel and reflecting on my experience in Ireland and working for that other print studio and just wanting to remain creative. And also understanding like when, when coming back to Australia – that no one was creating print directly onto fabric. Right. So that was the big kind of um, starting point. So obviously having that experience in Europe and it not happening in Australia, um, that's really kind of where it all kicked off from. So you co-founded Carolina York 50, over 15 years ago. Um, so what were the first few years like for you with the business? I have such good memories of the early years. So, I mean, when I look back, I was young. I was determined. Um, I got to draw every day, every night, cool. into the weekend. It was such a creative and experimental time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it started out with a lot of the domestic travel and then the international travel came in these memories of in the early days when we were just starting out and presenting the collection to brands in Australia. They'd never worked this way. So they'd never worked with prints directly on the fabric. It was a lot about presenting prints on paper. So we were really, yeah, we were really um, presenting something new. Um, So it was was a lot of partnering with fabric mills here in Sydney so that um, our prints could be developed onto fabric for brands. That was kind of the early 2000s. Wow. Yeah. I, I can't believe that was the way that it was done prior to. Oh, it was. And so we'd literally hand draw a print that could take 10 hours. So you'd be there with art line pens or Copic markers and you'd draw from one corner of, say, a 60 by 70 centimetre piece of fabric and you draw from one corner to the other corner and it could take 10 hours and then present that to brands and they would um, buy that design. I have memories of like flying to the US. I literally used a flight from Sydney to LA to design one print to sell by the time we got to New York. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I know. And, but, they're, you know, they're the best memories I have. Yeah, those things just kind of really, stick with you. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and it was that creative. I, you know, now, I think it was 2008 and nine. 
started moving um, into computers and the digital movement started really kicking off. Yeah, totally. Thank goodness for that. Yeah, I know. We produce a lot more now. Yeah. And (laughs) can I ask, what challenges did you face, especially in those early years? So, yeah, a lot of the challenges were the way people expected to see original artwork. Uh, A lot of the challenges were explaining why, you know, a brand like Lisa Ho needed an original print from a studio like ours compared to buying off the fabric mill. So you didn't want to run the risk of someone like Target and Lisa Ho ending up with the same design, which could, which was and can, you know, could happen if you bought straight from, you know, China. So we were really offering something fresh, something exclusive, and it was all about original design. That's really cool. That's so interesting how it all works. And do you remember your first big client? Yes. Yeah. The, um, the studio, I mean, in Australia, I remember Jodie Mears when she um, started Tiger Lily. She was probably Ooh. one of um, our biggest fans and incredibly supportive. She's such a visionary with the way she works on her ranges and yeah even to this day we still work with her at the upside but I Mm. yeah I remember from the early days how supportive um, Jodie was of what we were introducing to the Australian market Um, I remember great appointments with you know one teaspoon and then a lot of brands as well who aren't here anymore like Lisa Ho and Wayne Cooper yeah yeah so that was a real fun time in the Australian industry you know, in terms of, you know, a lot of our first big clients. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, then, and then when we kind of got to the international market, um, it got really exciting. We picked up uh, Etro in 2010 and Givenchy in 2013. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing because we, because we work behind the scenes. I feel so privileged to have these amazing relationships with so many um, fashion houses globally. That's incredible. The um, the contacts just, you know, your contact book would just be incredible. Yes. I feel, yeah, very lucky. And I think even from the early days and the way we work now, it is we are behind the scenes. We are a real creative part of the fashion industry. And, you know, like, like you said, this is quite a new way of understanding another part of the industry, but it's been around for such a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's so interesting to me is obviously the fact that this is a whole part of the industry that I wasn't even educated on, but also just how big of a reach you have and how much work you do and how much goes into it. And for someone who might not know exactly what your business does and who you cater for, can you give me and us, I guess our listeners, a bit of an insight Mm. into what Carolina York provides? Yeah. So we we design and sell original prints by forecasting our colours and trends 12 months in advance. So we present collections uh, to our customers. We, we head into an appointment. We've done all our forecasting. We've designed to the trends that uh, we believe will be strong in print and pattern 12 months ahead. Mm-hmm. And we go in and we present the collections and we talk about, um, you know, at the moment we're working a lot with paisleys as they're having a huge resurgence. Uh, we're working a lot on these glitchy florals and we talk a lot about how they uh, will translate into a party season frock or maybe this print more for swimwear. So, I mean, predominantly we, we do work with women, women's wear and kids yeah. and swimwear. But I feel like in the last couple of years, we've really tapped into menswear. Like you've probably noticed Ooh, all the party awesome. shirts out yes, there. Yes, yes. So many party shirts. I love it. 
I know, and, and guys are just so much braver. So it's been great. Like, we've really tapped into that market and, yeah, like Barney Cools, Next oh, Menswear, awesome. Polytech, Fisher Shirts. Yeah, it's I been, love that. been fun. And there's also, because we're print and pattern, so pattern, as well as, you know, fashion predominantly being our market, um, our prints have ended up on, like, Haviana Thongs, um, Aldo Shoes, Shower Caps, Yoga Mats. Wow. Uh, card shops. Yes. Yeah. And so you all, obviously you do accessories then too. Yeah, we do accessories. Yeah, with um a lot of yeah, the beach bag. There's an Australian brand called Collab. We've worked with Mimco. Yeah. Oh it's my good. Goodness. So impressive. I love it. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, this is so interesting to me. I love it. And how often are you creating new designs? Weekly. Weekly. Yeah. Wow. So weekly. Yeah, absolutely. And um well, pre coronavirus we were creating um 60 to 80 new prints a week what? so between like my in-house design team of five and freelancers that was an amount of um you know customers globally that were needing original artworks to put into their collections wow wow yeah we'd be um i mean so with that collection we'd have my australian sales manager selling and then my U.S. sales manager would be on her way to sell in the U.S. for two weeks. Um, and I also have a U.K. sales manager permanently based in the U.K. And we can, you know, some days we can actually, which is amazing and it's such one of those like pinch me moments, but we can be selling in every every city and the girls are all on text and monitoring sales because we only design one of each print. Oh, wow. So, yeah, a lot of communication and we have, um, you know, different ways of selling it. So we're just really watching where they go. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. That's so interesting. My yes. Yeah. And, and Thank do you, you. You're welcome. And do you usually take clients and then work on a design or do you have some ready to go? Uh, we do both. So we're, we're known for our, you know, forecasting our trends. So we're known for our feminine florals. We're internationally, we're really known for conversational prints, which are prints. Um, it might be an uh, underwater scene or, you know, with shells and mermaids. So at the moment, we're working a lot into a lot more of a kind of mystical theme and there's um, the zodiac sign. Cool. So we're known for that. So we can be designing into that. But then a lot of the time there are high-end brands who have something that they've really got, you know, they're still very much the creative director, the founder is very much uh, wanting a direction. So we're, we'll sit with them and work on something particular that they've kind of put mood boards together. Um, and that's actually always really fun because it's such a nice collaboration. They trust us with their vision to create um, a print which will end up on a garment and, you know, multi-directional and it's got the right colours and there's no odd shape. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit of both really. Jeez. And you work with some of Australia's most notable fashion brands like Beckenbridge, Manning Cartel. So as a print designer, how much research and collaboration goes into working with a fashion brand and how long can you be working on a print with a brand for? Well, I guess we put, um, I mean, there's so much going into researching our trends. So I guess there's a lot that goes into looking at like historical prints as well as vintage prints. And it's also important to look at, you know, social media, but I never try and spend too much time there because it just funnels into, you know, particular influences. So I think, I mean, I've always believed it's really important um, to just look outside of that. Remember, you know, beautiful library books 
and looking as well at, so you've got your vintage. Also, I mean, with the socials, I'd say there's things like festivals that you can pick out a lot of um, trends from as well. Yeah. And I guess going going on from that, we would um, be creating those trends and really critiquing. So we get to a point where the trends are created and the design team have worked on a floral. And then it gets to this stage each week, I'd say, when we're critiquing it. And that is whether we're critiquing, sorry, whether we're critiquing just for our own range or whether we're critiquing for a print that we've worked on for a designer. I'd say the biggest um, thing that comes into it is how closely we look, we look at a, a motif. So um, I can't tell you how many times we have been in an appointment and a customer finds something in a motif. So they'll be like, oh, look, I can see an alien head or wow. that looks like an x-ray of teeth. It's quite amber. it's quite funny actually because um, we, we go over every design every week and we look over it and we look over it, but it's so subjective what someone might see. Totally. So, yeah, looking at art basically and everyone sees something different. Yeah, no, I know. It is like that. So it is a big part of our job to make sure we've picked up on everything. But, yeah, look, you can't always um, see what someone else has seen. Yeah. Um, but I'd say the way like the way we go through our critique is, is really thorough and the, a print doesn't go into the collection until, um, you know, I've worked with my senior designer, senior designer really really closely looking at the colour palettes and the motifs and the scales. Um, so that, you know, I guess that works on both with brands. Like if we've collaborated with Beckenbridge and Manny Cartel or if we're just putting our designs in the collection and they're choosing from it. Right. And with fashion forecasting, I'm really interested in this side of things and I did a bit on this at uni and it was one of the sections that I just absolutely loved and I just was like, I want to know everything that there is. I want to have access to all this stuff. And um, so I'm wondering, are there any, I guess, servers or go-to websites or do you use like WGSN or anything like that? Yeah, we do use WGSN. Yep, we use that. And then we use, um, you know, a few other ones that are print-related, like Pattern Curator. And then there's the international trade shows that we do. So, we, you know, we'll show at Premier Vision in Paris and New York. Wow. And they're always great shows because you can walk around, you know, on the last day when you're not really as busy as the first few days. And you can walk around and just um, head into all the trend forums. So there's a great way and a great opportunity to just pick up what everyone else is feeling for trends because obviously there's a WGSN and that's an online platform, but there's nothing like being right in the middle of Paris and you're at the trade shows and you're really seeing what other customers are feeling will work for their market. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, like you, I, I love that whole forecasting and, you know, being at it in 15 years now, it's amazing that, I, like, you know, 10 years we're pulling out prints we did 10 years ago and we're going, look at this. This is actually coming back into fashion now. Yeah. How do we reinvent you know, something like a patchwork. Just even recently, I was going through our archive and remembering who bought patchwork prints from us 10 years ago. And it's all coming back with this whole trend of like repurposing. Like, you know, everyone's seeing we repurposing fabrics and I guess that's where like a patchwork print comes into play. Um, So, yeah, that's a nice part about um, the way trends work and kind of been, been doing it for so long. Yeah, and going to somewhere like Paris isn't too bad. It's not, is it? Yeah, no, we've um, 
well, I've had some yeah great, I guess, great trips over the years, and now my my amazing team get to enjoy all those trips. So I've got yeah three girls under six, so I I stay home a lot now. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, look, if you ever need anyone to go over, um, I'm right here. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know. I say the same thing too. I'm like, oh gosh, I wish I was in the suitcase. But, yeah. yeah, take me with you. <laughs> and so, obviously, you have some international clientele and very impressive international clientele, like Tommy Hilfiger, Guess. You mentioned before Givenchy, but you also have yeah. uh, fast fashion brands like Zara and H and M. So, how did all of that come about? Um, and how did yeah? How did you um? I guess get all those connections and and build on those. Um, I guess yeah. Look, having a lot of high end brands early was a really great way to get into the fast fashion. I remember it, it wasn't that easy to get into fast fashion because you can just imagine how many phone calls they'd be getting. Yeah. Um, from suppliers and print houses. So it it was it involved a lot of cold calling. So um, yeah. Look, I mean, emails weren't that hugely used at that stage back then, but uh, a lot of phone calls. Yeah. And the trade shows were a great platform because you attract brands just don't know who they are until they see you. And then it was with with the fast fashion brands. It's been um, now something like the relationship. Once once you've got that relationship, I feel you can nurture it. You know for the years you know and it's like it's a really strong um healthy relationship and it is part of the company's success is having um access to all those fast fashion brands absolutely Um, yeah and there's been i lived in barcelona in 2009 for the company it was amazing such a highlight Um, and i remember we really started working a lot with um zara then and yes. just being in the just being in Spain and having access to the Indisex group, which um, you know they also have Fresh Girl and Massimo Duty, yep. and so being able to within the hour be at those offices really helped build up a lot of those relationships. Absolutely, being in the right place always helps. It does, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have anyone coming over to your office in Sydney? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've got brands. I mean, we've got clients from Malaysia who fly over to see us cool. in Sydney, as well as local brands. They love getting out of the office, and yeah. we've got a beautiful showroom um, with all our prints, and have always loved creating a really beautiful space and um, a welcoming space. And obviously, the showroom holds a lot more than what we can physically carry in a suitcase yes. so we love people coming so um, it, it has I don't know I found like since Sydney's gone through so many of its um, renovations in the city everyone doesn't like to leave their offices yeah. they just can't get parked <laughs> yes yeah, so true I, I went to Sydney not too long ago and yeah it's just it's never ending <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so we do find we're on the road a lot more and obviously, you know, Melbourne definitely we fly into Melbourne every month or South Australia and Queensland. So we mm-hmm. we always go directly to customers and um we just do those private appointments and we go to their spaces and it's the same way in New York and Los Angeles and we normally kind of every an appointment goes for about an hour. So you have this great hour to talk through trends and yeah, the collection and then you would move on to the next company. Oh, I love it. This is all so interesting and fun. Just sounds like it is. every day is is just a heaps of amount of fun. I love it. And I've I've always found like we're at such a fun part of the whole process for a designer because yeah, because they get to um well we get to sit with them and they when they do come into a print appointment they're just wanting to be inspired and just see you know gorgeous 
artworks and you'll find we just always catch everyone on a, on a great day and they can really start thinking about where they want you know colors to go and thinking about the trends they really want to embrace so I feel we're always um, we're always at the great start of the whole process yeah all the inspiration flowing around I love it yeah and so talking about I think it'd be interesting to dive into all the process of how it all works so can you talk me through how it all comes together from client to final product Sure. So I guess once we critiqued the design and really felt like it, uh, we want this design in our collection, we send them off to print and they get printed on silk swatches. And they come back into the collection and we've um, gone in to present the collection to a customer and they choose one of our artworks. They take it on the spot and that's a decision made on the spot that they want that. It's a real kind of, you know, quite a very quick process. And then they work with PSD files and they can either, I mean, they print locally or they print internationally and they can choose what base cloth they want it on. So we work with so swimwear, so they might choose Lycra or they might choose, um, you know, like Haviana thongs, like that print and patterns actually put on to thongs. Yeah. So once we've sold the artwork, it becomes then the designer's choice onto base cloth and they go ahead with strike-offs and um, getting it back in different on different base cloths. Oh, and how does it all work with licensing and who owns the print from that point? Yeah, we transfer the ownership of the design. We don't we don't license the design. Um, I wish we did. It'd be <laughs> yeah, because I guess we've created so many, and sometimes I look back at you know some of our like you know beautiful prints and. Like, that's it. We can't work with those motifs again, you know. So Mm. it's just the way the industry has always worked, you know. And, you know, even before the way that we're, you know, working with um, digital printing and everything, it stems for, you know, decades. So licensing just has never been part of it. Transferring the initiative is something we do. And then if a brand is at a really large scale and probably, you know, quite susceptible to being copied, they would copyright it. Absolutely. Right. Yes. And we, we would recommend it. And then um, once they copyright it, they can, you know, obviously it's protected and it's really part of that brand. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's obviously a big part of the industry. People, yeah, you get a lot of copycats. You do. And like we, we're forever signing, you know, the, the ownership over. And there's a lot, every country has different kind of legal terms that they use. But generally, all everyone's really trying to say is, yeah, just don't copy. You know, yeah. don't don't re you know resell this. Don't reuse the motifs, and you know I think that's a big thing in the industry right now, even outside of print and just you know garments ending up the same. And yeah, yeah. And so, can you give us some insight into what a day can look like in your shoes? Oh my days, yeah. Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested. Wow. Oh, gosh. It's so hard right like right now with ev- with everything going on and what was my life like before. It's kind of like so, it, you know, it's such two different things, coronavirus working yeah, on and yeah. my life before. But um, a lot of where I was, yeah, I, you know, come into the office. I love Fridays because it's when we're all working on critique and really it's the kind of a day you don't. You don't really sit down. So get into the office, meet with my design team um, and start working with each designer one-on-one um, on critiquing 
the designs for the week and it's it's wonderful and it's really a great time to chat to my designers about you know why they might have chosen that color or if they understood the brief or obviously my taste is quite different and because we work with you know over 500 brands globally i really respect my designers um choices because you know someone at 22 is going to think something really different to what i might so it's yeah. always about understanding why they chose that colour. And I'm always like, so who did you design it for? You know, who's the market? Where are they wearing right. Wearing it? And we're always asking these questions on Fridays before the design through. And then um, after that, it's kind of back into my office and working on briefs for the next week. And again, that's really um, an enjoyable part because it's looking at um, yeah, it's WGSN heading upstairs. I've got this amazing scene, um, and it's just full of all the vintage. And mm. I remember pieces that I've picked up from places, and it might become part of a brief. Um, looking even into our own archive because there's just some artwork that's just beautiful, and it does come back. Um, so Fridays is all about, always about resetting the briefs for the week ahead as well. I love that. It, it's good to have that kind of creative process going on a Friday because people often get, you know, end of the week, they're thinking about the weekend. It's kind of good to keep, you know, start your weekend yeah. creative. Yeah, and I feel like we always close. There's such, um, we do work on that deadline. So it's nice to close the week from one style of look and look forward to the next week and yeah. look forward to the next week because it's like, oh, we might be working on cheetah prints this week or, yeah. or it's going to be those new paisleys. And I love it when the designers are like, I'm so excited about my briefs next week oh, and they can nice. head into the weekend and, you know, they're all such creatives so they love thinking about it and then yeah. they've got it in their brain and they can, yeah, get in on Monday. Mondays, you know, we do have, we all sit around and talk about the week ahead on Monday but, yeah, it's a lovely way to Friday. I agree. That's really fun. I like that. And it's good because it keeps the motivation going and it's exciting. Yes, yeah. And during the summer, they're um, yeah, all quite keen on the beach. So oh, we're, yeah. we're quite close to the beach here. Oh, so that's, that's always um, we're about to such a bonus. Whereabouts in Sydney? Are you? Uh, we're in the northern beaches. So oh, just, um, just near Manly. Oh, even better. That's great. It's nice there. I know. It was a big move. I used to be in the, um, I used to be in the city yeah. for 10 years. Wow. And yeah, I think it just came at um, time when it was everything going on in the, the city and how wonderful it is up here on the northern beaches. Absolutely. And just creating a lifestyle, work, work style change. Oh, what a great life. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. And so you also have a shop feature on the website where we can request access to. So tell me about how this all works. Yeah, so our online shop is industry only mm-hmm. and um, it, it's built that way because we want our customers to, to know that we really do take the exclusive nature of our designs seriously yeah. and we're not like, when we don't, our prints aren't online to be a resource for inspiration, you know, they're yeah. there for fashion brands to log in and really understand the trends and to buy directly from. So that's why we've always kept it password protected and customers appreciate that. You know, they like knowing that um, it is protected. Uh, It is still the harder way to sell our products. I'd say our customers love that tactile um, experience Mm -hmm. and we still um, really do so much better face-to-face and being in front of the customers to you know, explain why Kruger's a bigger this season than Zebra's. There's something about about that. But I'm also really hopeful, you know, with after we've come out of coronavirus, there's 
a lot more of brands willing to look at prints online um, and understand the translation. And mm-hmm. that just comes, you know, it comes with time and almost like with all the virtual tools that we're creating, it's a bit of a, a retraining of people's mindset. Yeah. Because the travel's amazing and it, it's such a perk. So it's really, really, um, it is tiring on the team. Mm. You know, you can be go, like you go to Paris and you sell for, you know, six days back to back and then you're on a flight to New York and you go into six days of selling. So, and that's all face to face. So, yeah. back to back. So, yeah, it'd be the online shop. I, I'm always championing it. I always want it to really um, do well. So, it's still that very kind of face to face industry. Yeah. It's great you have that. Um, that platform though when clients can have that accessibility online as well and obviously during these times it's um yeah a great tool to have yeah I agree and we've created this um, gorgeous little print book as well which um, we send out now every fortnight and it's just like a like a print magazine and that's actually been we've had some wonderful feedback on that but I love that that's really customers cool. are really yeah and I think it's about understanding what the customer wants like how do they want to receive their information virtually and you know we're, we're trying you know online videos it's just really hard to get the detail of the motif mm. in the in the video so yeah it's great I mean at the end of the day our customers will tell us what they like yeah. and um you know we can we can build platforms that work for them absolutely and that's great obviously you need to listen to your customer yes Yeah, absolutely. And so how does someone get a job in this industry and what advice would you have for someone who might want to work for you? Oh, I would say uh, keep drawing. So I I feel they have to become really confident in illustrating in like multiple mediums. Illustrating, it just comes with time and you've just got to keep that skill up. We can teach most of our um, designers how to put prints into, um, into the computer but they do need to, you know, I always say they do need to understand how to draw and how a print might translate to an end garment. So having that really good uh, visual uh, headset that looks at um, someone walking down the street and they can understand that that makes a good um, print. Right. So, um, yeah, we kind of in-house have really great, um, like a collaborative working environment. So we do a lot of skill sharing and that's been such a positive part of the design team in-house because everyone comes with different um, skill sets and the more that you can teach each other, um, the better everyone becomes. Absolutely, agree. And do you offer internships? Yes, yeah, 80% of my staff have come from internships. So we absolutely, yeah, it's been a big big part of the business. So funnily enough about, you know, we'll, we'll have maybe two to three interns at a time and two of them are always from the UK. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, they are huge on placements in the UK. They all have to have three-month placements at, you know, um, at companies with a fashion brand or print house or, you know, wherever they want to take their careers. So, we do get a lot from overseas and they have, um, you know, a lot of the universities over in the UK specialise in textiles cool. and print design. Yeah. So, we do, yeah. I mean, the inter- internships are great. I mean, yeah, like I said, with most of my staff coming from internships, they've come from um, universities in Victoria and New South Wales. Awesome. That's good. I'm very big on interning and I interned for years. <laughs> I would like not I know. leave. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so big on it too. I mean, my internship with John Rockshire, I mean, I just look back at that and I wouldn't have the confidence to where I went for the next stage without that internship, you know. Totally. And that experience and, yeah, I think everyone 
internships, especially, you know, in these like creative spaces, you learn so much from those internships. Absolutely. I can't, you know, everything that I've learned and just being able to work on the job and see how people operate, it helped me in my confidence so much. Yeah. Where was your internship? Um, so I actually started out with a local fashion designer here in Brisbane. Um, yeah. And then I went on to a local ma- magazine. So I was, um, yeah, a journalist. I got a job as a journalist there throughout uni, which was awesome. Um, and yeah. then I got an internship with Hit and Triple M in the newsroom. And then I went into digital content and I was also sitting in with a radio announcer, then sitting in with the breakfast show. So I was just doing a little bit of everything. Wow. And then I eventually got a job. So <laughs> there you go. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, my internship ended up turning into a paid job. And even with everyone there, I've still got such great relationships with them in Ireland. And they've all got these, yeah, you know, great careers. And you do form very strong friendships during those that period, those periods, oh, I reckon. Absolutely. And just, mm. it's so interesting now you know, the people that I work really closely with or people that I see in the office, you know, they were around when I was an intern and it's just, it's so nice to now see them as colleagues and friends and, you know, even the people that were mentoring me and teaching me, it's just amazing now to just, you know, be able to chat to them in the hallway and catch up. So yeah, it's, it's a nice feeling when you finally get there. I know. Yeah. That's why I support internships and yeah. 100%. Best way to learn. Yeah, they work. Yeah, and they work, and they work for me. So almost, yeah, Perfect. you can stay here. That interns always will tell you if they really want to work with you. Absolutely, <laughs> they'll find a way. Yes, and I get, I have interns now sometimes that I look after, and it's so interesting, you know, because obviously I was in their shoes once. So you can, you can definitely tell the ones who really want to learn. Um, yeah, yeah, and you know, and the people that you know are really interested, they will absolutely show you and work really hard. So, and that's what you want, isn't it? It's totally. Just, yeah. Need like to impress. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay. And so I'm interested to know about some of the highlights and milestones of your career. Um, so, yeah, no, that's such a good question. And I was thinking about this one and I was like, I was looking back and I reckon I kind of touched it on the start, but living in Barcelona for eight months in mm-hmm. 2009. So I lived there with my now husband. But um, mm-hmm. And it was such a creative time and it was this transition between I was still hand drawing every print but the digital movement was starting to happen and it was really experimental I mean you could take pictures of um, sparks and sunsets and turn them into prints and um, I have these incredible photographs that I used to take and of buildings and burying garments and that is just such a highlight and I look at that and it's amazing that I have prints that I design that are from periods of my life that were really important. I love that. And you can almost like, I can almost remember by looking at the print where I was in my headspace and that's that's such a highlight. And yeah, when I think about it, it's amazing that through drawing it can remind you of where you were at a period of your time. That's lovely. And and I'll find prints and I'll show my team and, I'll, and it will be a reminder. And I'll be like, I designed this that I was living here or this one took me, you know, X amount of hours or this. Yeah, it's, you can remember them. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. You should you should make a book. <laughs> you really should. <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd be so A coffee table book. Yes, a beautiful coffee table book, I can imagine. You get to do your own oh. illustrations. Perfect. I know. You know, that's one thing. I mean, I guess, and I think a lot of, you know, founders probably find they, they get, like I, I don't get to draw now, you know, with mm. the business and 
where we're at. I do set the creative direction and that's like my creative outlet and I get to work with my designers. But yeah, I'd love to be picking up the, the pen again and just drawing because it's such a, um, it's such a, like you're almost going to this like meditative state. Like it's very yeah. relaxing. Yeah. It's incredible what it can do. Yeah. Yeah. And then also there's so many, you know, I've visited so many amazing cities, you know, through Adventure Rio de Janeiro, you know, like I said, all the major fashion capitals and, you know, Sao Paulo and then Shenzhen and everywhere I go, it's meeting different customers from different cultures. And I really love that kind of creative exchange between different um, cultures. I've always really enjoyed that part of what we do. And I love learning how business works in different cultures and how things should be done differently and respecting that and, and learning from it. Yeah. Um, that's always you know, a really enjoyable part. I had um, some of the Meripen artists from the Northern Territory come into our studio. Oh, great. That was, that was a highlight. I love showing them around um, how how we work and they were, you know, explaining the way they work and it was, yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, that's lovely. I love that. That's so interesting as well. Just, yeah, so yeah. different creative processes there. And then I got to go, there was another one, I got to go to the Hagen Culture Show in Papua New Guinea a couple of years ago. Wow. And... That was a dream because I, I remember I actually did my um, graduate show in Perth based off a lot of these like cultural, um, you know, headpieces and the Hagen show. So oh. it was just, you know, a visual treat. It was, it was incredible. And the energy from all the music and, yeah. Oh, I love that. What an experience. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so where can we find out more about Carolina York and where can we follow you? Well, we're most, most active on Instagram. Great. Um, it's definitely where you can kind of see we try and really show um, a lot of our behind the scenes to create our artwork. You know, we can't, we don't post too much on there because obviously a lot of the artwork is original. Yes. Um, but I'd say we're most active in, on Instagram and then there's, you know, some great pieces on our website which kind of show the brands that we use. Um, that we work with, sorry. Awesome, I love that. And what's your handle? Is it just Carolina York? It is, yep. Great, yep. amazing. Okay, well, if you don't mind, I want to hop into a few random questions for you. Oh, yes, yep. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> number one, uh, would you rather have a cold shower when you're cold or have a hot shower when you're hot? Cold shower when I'm cold. Really? Yes, yep. Wow, why? Why did you choose that one? Oh, well, I've just recently, I've, only because I've recently been doing that. Really? Which, which I've, yeah, I don't know why. It's because it's cold now and I've been having these quick kind of cold showers over my head. So it's funny you ask that question right now. Wow. If you ask me in a couple of months, it might be the other, it might be hot in a hot, <laughs> yeah. <on> a hot day. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my goodness, it's getting really cold. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's, you know, it's like everything going on. I'm just like, oh, it's yeah. cold. Well, it'll Take wake, myself out of it. Yeah, it'll wake you up. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd choose hot for that one. My goodness. You choose hot. I yeah, look, like a couple cold. of months ago, I could have, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good answer. Okay. And um, number two, stay up late or wake up early? Oh, yeah. Stay up late. Okay. So I am trying to own the morning, win the day. That is, I would love to be a morning person yeah. and get up early. Yeah. See, I used to be terrible at getting up early, but now I just force mm. myself and I'm like, okay, I feel more productive now. Yes. Yeah, so I, yeah, and I I tried it and um, I loved it. I, I felt like I'd already accomplished so much by 9am. Yeah, when um, it's 9, you're like, I just, 
Yeah, with the kids back at home, I feel like I'm yeah, up late at the moment. But yeah. I'd love to go back to it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And final question. Uh, if you had to change careers right at this second, what would you do? Oh, what would I do? Uh, change careers. God, no. I was going to say learn the piano, but that's not really career change. Ooh. That's an educational change. Um, yeah. Okay. So I guess musician. Yes. Yeah, musician. Yeah. Interesting. I think, yeah, I think it'd be nice to be able to just play music. Yeah. Still creative, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. I think mine would be mine's probably the opposite. Mine's probably like yeah. um I've always had this fascination with dentistry. So I feel like I'd be a dentist or something. Dentistry. Yeah. Wow, that would be like the polar opposite. I know. It's so random, but I've always had a fascination with just like creating beautiful teeth and being maybe an orthodontist or something. Wow, that is okay, that's amazing. How random. <laughs> yeah. Especially now as well. I feel like, oh, I know. That's a good question. Isn't that funny? I haven't really thought, but yeah. Yeah. Get, gets you thinking. I love um, it you know, does. Spring, springing these on my guests. Especially that one because, um, you know, you know when you're like what I do is everything I've done for so long. It's like, yeah, what would I do? Yeah. Gets you thinking. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. Well, Broman, you have been amazing and it's been so fabulous chatting to you and learning all about what you do in Carolina, York, and I can't wait to see what else you do. It's very exciting. Oh, thanks, Amber. It's been so nice to talk to you about what we do and, and how this part of the industry works. Love it. Thank you really, so much. Really, yeah. Thank you. No worries. See ya. Bye.